Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a while since I've sat in the captain's chair. Almost two months. Feels good to be back. <laughs> oh, hey, thanks. And since it's been so long, I wanted to do an episode that would be important to all of us. I wanted to do an episode that mattered. Yeah, like something joyful and life-affirming, right? Yes. Yeah. Today, I bring you a very special episode. Well, let me guess. This is Brown Eyed Girl, right? So this is an episode devoted to songs about women's eye color. Colors of every shade from everywhere on the planet. The warm comfort of the female gaze. Nope. Okay, well, oh, this is Van Morrison, right? So this is songs... By art, this is songs by artists that uh, have types of cars for first name. The genre is called auto auto rocket fixation. <laughs> Great idea, but not even close. Oh. No, this is an episode that's all about butt fucking. God damn it, Dave. Secret butt sex. Come along with us today as we head down this dirt road together. Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Backdoor Suggestions. Brown eyed girl. This is Beyond Yacht Rock Podcast, or the podcast that creates musical genres every week, counts down the best songs in that genre from 10 to 1, because we're the guys who invented the Yacht Rock genre. My name is J.D. Riznar. Hello, I'm Hollywood Steve. Hey, this is David Lyons. I'm Hunter. Because And that's who we are, and we invented the term Yacht Rock, so we'd like to throw a bone to all you Yacht Rock fans out there who may have heard of us through our web show of the same name. So, Hunter, what's this bone? What's this song we're listening to right now? Well, before uh, we enter the land of Sodom, hey, I figured we'd pur- purify ourselves in the uh, in the yacht Jesus of uh, Mur 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 See, <laughs> uh, records own Benny Hester. With the ironically named title for today's show, Comeback. Is this song a little bit new wop too, you say? New wop ba boo wop No, you can't do the doo-doo-wop-ba-doo-doo. It doesn't fit. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, wait. Uh, so I recently sent our uh, Quartermasters, which is on our Patreon, uh, uh, that's a thing, a uh, fun package of deep cuts and rarity LPs, stuff I found in my days of researching Yacht Rock and the literal dustbins of music history. Each LP had a Yacht Rock session dude on it. A uh, few were Bonanza, some had a toe dip, others were Yacht, and most were complete shit. Agreed. Uh, uh, aside here, guys, did you know that Kenny Rogers had a musical nephew? And uh, also James Taylor's brother... He has a brother who's a musician, and he sounds exactly like him, except that he over-enunciates his words. Wait, what's a musical nephew? Does that mean that, like, his wife got, or his his, no, his, his, sister, his, his sister got pregnant, and then, like, with nine months, like, a song came out of her vagina? Yeah. Oh. Also, uh, I think his name's Dan Rogers. <laughs> I feel like I remember hearing this. We discussed something yeah, along those lines. Yeah, I told you, because when I found out, I was like, you know, Kenny Rogers has a nephew. Yeah, <laughs> also- perhaps I read this in a text. Yeah. Anyways... Look up Livingston Taylor, too. That's an interesting one. Anyways, uh, uh, so, well, we all do, and so do the quartermasters now about all that fun information. Well, with that said, they've all been delivered, and uh, I've double-checked them, and they've been received, and I've gotten no feedback. So, I've decided to spotlight, with my future bone throws, <laughs> some of the stuff that I that I discovered and sent. And here we are, this might be my favorite, this is Benny Hester, with his album No One No- Nobody Knows Me Like You from 1981. Uh, for, yeah, Jesus, this is a uh, pretty bonanza, I'd say. So by you, he's talking about Jesus. Yep. That's something I discovered with the, the old Yacht Jesus, is that uh, they're very smooth. About slipping Jesus in there. Mm-hmm. If you weren't really paying, oh, hear that? That's, sound like fake champlets. Uh, if you don't, if you're not really paying attention, you're not gonna notice. Just sounds like a yacht rock. Um, well, but a real quick question: Should we call this uh, "Smooth Jesus" as a reference to web sh- our web show? Yeah, I'm on board with that. So, I like yacht Jesus. I, I think we have to keep the yacht there. Yeah. I don't uh, like changing boats. I know. It's, it's been called Ark, 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 Ark Rock. Yeah. The guy Eric Heelan has a great three-parter on Ark Rock and Murr Records on our, on on our, our website. On yeah. our website, on the Captain's blog. I want to shout out to him. We're gonna we recorded Yacht and Yacht where we we shouted out to, to his article, forgot his yeah. name. <laughs> so in a couple weeks, we're gonna we're gonna mention that and be like, I don't know who wrote it. It was Eric Heelan. And uh, and I think I, I briefly go into Mirror. Mur. I don't like pronouncing that word. I clearly. Stupid. <laughs> Stupid word. Also the lamest of the three gifts. No. Yeah. Mur. 
And I guess frankincense was pretty lame, too. You ever snorted myrrh? It was the best <laughs> gift. <laughs> uh, so, so on this, obviously, with this, uh, with, with myrrh, you're, uh, you're probably going to get uh, Michael Mardian on this obviously. stuff. Obviously. And you do. He's on here. He's producing, playing keys, dropping some background folks. Also, you got uh, Airplay's Tommy Funderburk on background. Hey, drop this again. Listen of course. To, listen to this beginning. It's bouncing. That's a fun bounce. It's a bounce Jesus likes. Uh, uh, Tommy Funderburk, I said that right, on um, background. He was in Airplay, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, somebody does the Champlitz riff off if you really listen. So maybe Bill uh, should think about suing whoever <laughs> did that. Uh, find you know, out who was. You know who should sue? Jesus. Oh. Because here's the moment where music to him and about him was perfect and awesome. And then all he could do is watch from heaven as it devolved into the garbage music it is today. Awful. You, you know what's funny? As I, I When I was doing my research of uh, Mr. Hester here... And they talked about this album. This album was ranked so very, formal. very high on on the Christian music, but all the hit songs off of it are the shittiest ones, the oh. least yacht rockiest, hmm. the the most like just straight up guitar strumming, like yeah, like the folky, yeah, um, just the, the not, stuff you can sing at like a youth group around a campfire. Yes. The more acceptable stuff. Or on, on your confirmation retreat. Yes. Um, so despite this being the shining example of the genre, Christian contemporary doesn't work. And you can you can hear why in this song. You listen to almost, almost every time he drops the name Jesus, he rushes through it like he's trying to sneak in a swear word. Being like, smooth. Jesus just doesn't flow into pop lyrics the way that like Hot Bod or Cum Face does. No. Well, it's also boring just to sing about one topic. There's a punk band called Pansy Division. They were cool, but after a, a while, you realize that all the songs are about the same thing. It just, it doesn't work. There's no lasting market for people that just sing about Jesus or karate. I got two exceptions to that rule, Dave. Number one, Andrew W.K. singing about, about parties. Partying, yeah. And number two, Red Simpson singing about driving trucks. But Andrew W.K. has songs about things that aren't parties. Like but how they much still he loves... seem like they're about parties. Right, right. But that's, the, that's the musical force oh, that he is. We just did a show about this. Could have talked about it then. So here we're in the bridge now. I said we should have. Listen to this. We're in the bridge now, and listen to this. Jesus is the one that will take your sorrow away. And then there's a badass guitar, yeah. yacht, rock a guitar yacht rock guitar, guitar solo. solo right it's, that, that alone successfully takes my sorrow away. Jesus is sort of irrelevant here. That's smooth Jesus. They're singing yeah. about smooth Jesus. Uh, so I. On here, besides that sweet guitar solo, um, who's not a Yacht Rock dude, but you have Abe Laboreal on bass, Bobby Lakine from the Doobies on, on congas, Ron Tut is on drum, um, and he's one of those super session guys that ventured too far outside Yacht Rock to be considered a core guy, but if you were looking for a way to tie in Elvis, Neil Diamond, Jerry Garcia, and Michael McDonald, that's your guy right there, Ron Tut. Hmm. Yeah. Drums are very important. They are. Yeah. So it's... So it's percussion. Percussion in general, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as far as Benny goes, I'll get through this. Here's a summary. He's from Texas. He played Texas music. He went to Vegas in 69 and became an ad man. Apparently writing UNLV's original fight song. Couldn't find a version of that. Don't know if that's true. Sorcerer stuff, Wikipedia. Uh, he, he made a lost hippie album <laughs> ben, called Benny in 1972 with Elvis's backing band, the Taking Care of Business band. Uh, that's where Tut comes in. Uh, it was basically a lost after all of his masters burned in a fire. Only a few <laughs> things came out. And, uh, Son of a bitch. Yeah, which is uh, which is a shame. But in the past year or so, it's gained traction. Uh, it's getting it got a re-release. Um, and it was reviewed on snobster sites like Pitchfork, and uh, even had a song featured on the HBO uh, show Girls. And it's not a bad album for like hippie baroque pop type stuff. Um, it's primarily primarily secular. Uh, but at the exact same time, he was starting to go to tent revivals and turn into the J-Man. Oh. Yeah, and he became a, a Christian contemporary artist moving forward. Um, one more fun fact. He was the executive producer and wrote the music for the 90s Nickelodeon show Roundhouse. Ooh. Yeah. That's nice. I think I'm too old for that one. Oh. don't remember it. Yeah. You want to talk about butt sex? Yeah, why not? That was a good transition. <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> All right. This genre is pretty simple. All right. It's songs that are about uh, talking about uh, doing the old backstage pass to make a, a musical <laughs> reference there. Some of these are subtle. Some of them are not. 
And I'd say that all these songs are subtle, hence the genre name, Backdoor Suggestions. None of the songs are called I Want to Have Sex With Your Butt, Do You Want to Have Sex With My Butt, or We Are Currently Engaged in Butt Sex Together. But I agree, the levels are of subtly are on a sliding fluid scale, much like the sliding fluid scale of human sexuality, which we can use to measure our personal openness when confronted with a backdoor suggestion. Yeah, exactly. And here's my first example. It's uh, the Grace Jones song, Pull Up to the Bumper. This falls into the not-so-subtle category. The genre usually relies pretty heavily on lyrical content, and this first example is no exception. Let's get into it with uh, me reading some lyrics. Pull up to my bumper, baby, in your long black limousine. Pull up to my bumper, baby. Drive it in. She's saying the same things I am. Drive it in between. Drive it in between. Grease it, spray it, let me lubricate it. Pretty clear message there. Although, That's not really a suggestion. It's more of an order because yeah. it's Grace Jones. She's a forceful woman. Yeah. Um, although Jones stated, I don't think it's necessarily about sex. I think it means whatever you want it to. I don't buy that at all. I, I think it's a dishonest statement because no one who hears a song wants it to be about parking instead of butt sex. <laughs> I want to meet that guy. What's, that guy's probably Benny Hester or Michael O'Marty. <laughs> I love this song about parking. I've been yeah, hearing it. Did you that, hear that? that this disco. guy's taking his long black limousine and pulling it right between the bumpers. Well, He's so good at parking. Well, you know. I can I, never parallel park a limousine. This guy's amazing. I, fr- I think that's a good segue to what, what I want to do today. And I'm going to offer an alternative to the notion that these are about butt stuff. Uh, you know, music is open to interpretation, mm-hmm. and I'm totally within my rights to tell a different tale. Sure. Like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not many people know, but at the time, Grace Jones was an a- active outdoors person and enjoyed many weekends in her Airstream camper. Oh. But she also had a lot of class. And preferred to tow it with a big black limousine. No, oh, well, there you go. That explains it. I guess. Yeah. Uh, kicked it. I guess this is why it's not in the countdown because it's a clear yeah. explanation that makes a lot of sense as well, to why it's not. He brings up a good point. A little-known fact about Grace Jones: it was her outdoorsmanship that was noticed by the producers of View to a Kill that led her to be cast in that totally outdoorsy movie. <laughs> exactly. Lubricated uh, was WD-40. Yeah. There's also some percussive elements in this song that kind of reminds me of the sound of pounding tent stakes. That is an excellent euphemism for butt butt riding there, JD. <laughs> pounding tent t- t- stakes. <laughs> also, okay. also note to Grace, uh, WD-40 technically is not a lubrication. It's a water, it's water displacement. displacement. Yeah, it was uh, originally designed to uh, for torpedoes. Another good euphemism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see torpedoes careening across the uh, water. <laughs> oh, uh, my torpedo's off course. Yeah. <laughs> Should grab that WD-40. Yep. Yep. Conversely, here's one that is clearly not about being down for a game of dirt darts. With lyrics, uh, this is uh, I Would Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That by Meatloaf. Uh, with lyrics like There'll be Never Be No Turning Back, I Would Do Anything for Love, Anything You've Been Dreaming Of, but I just won't do that. It's clear that he's drawing a line, and that line does not include fifth base. I think everyone has a pretty good idea of what the genre is, so, you know, we can go ahead and plow right into it. I love fifth base, though. It reminds me that anal sex is a lot like cricket. I can enjoy watching it, but I have no idea what the rules are. Uh, the rules are basically just go slow and use a lot of lube. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. According to Dan Savage. Thank you. So how does anal sex work? <laughs> I just told you the rules. Oh, I thought no, you were just grabbing how to loosen the sticky wicket. That's how he loosens the sticky wicket. Well, here's the thing. This one is lost to history, but I'm assuming this came from a conversation with Desmond Child. Uh, who wouldn't want to do what? We'll never know, but needless to say, these guys would do pretty much anything, so it had to be something bad. And since it's 1993, my guess it was a cameo on the TV show Acapulco Heat. Yeah, I wouldn't do that for love. Acapulco you, you Heat. Know, you know this was Jim Steinman, not Desmond Child, right? Was that, oh. was that the reference? Yes. Yeah. I meant Jim Steinman. Yeah, Jim Steinman. Wait, we, we intentionally... He writes, he writes about jizz, not butt sex. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to leave Jim Steinman out because we didn't want JD to get started on jizz when we're talking oh, about yeah, this very... Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry, brother. We're up. trying to keep this... I wasn't um, on that uh, no, text I conversation. Just, I just forgot which uh, storyteller... Yeah, uh, we're just trying that, to keep this and episode. And that was Steinman, not Child. We're trying to keep this episode about Catholic birth control a little more highbrow. <laughs> ready to count down? Yeah, let's do it. Well, this guy is getting me ready. Yeah, this part of this song. Yeah, this a is a song. good song. Yeah, that's Jim Steinman for you, man. 
Ooh. Hey, nice. I'm glad to see you're not on shuffle. Yeah, I did it right. Let's well, start listen, off listen. with a little hard organ listen. here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, listen. The strings. If you want to open her poop chute to invite your banana fruit, buy her a diamond at Zales. <laughs> Was a, when I did a bit like this before. When yeah. was it? It was a, there were a lot of songs that sounded was like. It, was it? A, was it during the Steinman episode? Steinman, yeah. yeah. It was, no, it was Desmond Child. Oh, it was? No, I, no, it was Steinman. <laughs> okay. Damn anyway, it, Hunter! What are we listening to? You got here? me. It was the vampire one from. Wasn't it the vampire? The who's oh, the vampire yeah. people? The mercy. Uh, yeah, yeah, the, okay. yeah, Sisters of Mercy. Sisters of Mercy. Memory. Yeah. Uh, Desmond Child. All right. Well, this is uh, Deep Purple with the subtly titled song. Knocking at your back door. Uh, this is from Deep Purple's 84 album, Perfect Strangers. You know, Deep Purple's bad enough. <laughs> <laughs> Deep Purple, Perfect Strangers, Knocking at your back door. It's all there. The song's Get pretty... out of the city! <laughs> Cousin Larry! <laughs> <laughs> the song's pretty straightforward and will make any list of this genre. No one's fooling anyone here. The title says it all. The lyrics are a little more subtle, like talking about access to her pantry and how she eases from her Austin to her Bentley. In fact, a Texas radio DJ called up Ian Gillian and asked him, is this, is this what I think it's about? To which Ian cleverly replied, yeah. They recorded this song as a joke and never really expected it to get airplay based on the subject matter. And the band was surprised when it went all the way to number 61 on the Billboard charts and number 7 on the Hard Rock charts. Most people don't even realize what the song was uh, was about, and that's stirring up somebody's peanut butter. <laughs> a lot of terms in this song that make anal sex sound not fun. Uh, learning, uh, point of no return, and diplomacy. Again, cricket rules, man. How does it all work? Homophobia is just a fear of admitting that you don't know the rules. Like if a cool of dude <laughs> of, of anal sex. Oh. Like if a dude asked me, "Hey mate, want to play cricket with us?" Except in, I was <laughs> instead of saying, "I don't know the rules," can you take an afternoon to explain them to me so I can maximize my enjoyment? I don't say that. I say, "Fuck you, you Australian piece of shit." Yeah, they're the worst. I dig this song, though. I mean, you can hear touches of Smoke on the Water in there, which makes sense. This was their first album with Ian Gillian back in the band. Uh, Ian and bass player Roger Glover left in 73 and were replaced by David Coverdale and Glenn Hughes. Now, I want to be very clear that this is the Glenn Hughes that fronted Black Sabbath from 85 to 86, and not the Glenn Hughes that was the leather daddy in The Village People. People confuse them all the time. Two different people. Uh, also, this was their first album uh, since they broke up in 1975. Yeah, this was like the reunion of the classic Mark II lineup. Yeah, there you go. Also, not not the Glenn Hughes, meaning the different shades of green you would use to paint a small hill right. in your painting. Mm -hmm. Yep. Of Ireland. Mm -hmm. Um, listen, we've all accidentally locked ourselves out of our home. Well, this is one of those where in instances where you've locked yourself out of your friend's house at a party and it's freezing cold outside. Uh, just a reminder, this is, Hunt this is Hunter's argument against butt sex. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that the song is about yeah, okay, butt I know, sex. I, know, not, okay, not, yeah. not, I will never argue. Anyways. So, hey, maybe you just have to happen to have and happen to use your lucky pocket log that you carry around for just these instances. Yep. That's why it's lucky. So you break the window, you let yourself back in, you tell your friend Lucy or Nancy, hey, sorry, I was going to freeze to de death out there. I'll pay for the damages. Everyone's friends again because of your kind words, and that's what being a cunning linguist is all about. And if you knew the lyrics to the song, all of that would make sense. Mm -hmm. One time I well, locked... Well, listen. Oh, sorry. sorry. Listen to the lyrics. Well, one time I locked myself out of the house and I had to climb a ladder and crawl through the second-story kitchen window. So how does that make a lady come, Dave? Well, I know that uh, my wife likes it when I'm doing something cool around the house, like using a chainsaw mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, building something. So, you know, maybe maybe there's ladies out there that like watching dudes climb ladders. Okay, cool. You don't you didn't get my question, but that's oh. cool. <laughs> no, nah, I, I, honestly, I wasn't paying attention. That's what was cool. the question? Don't worry about it. Uh, and also, before we move on, I want I wanted to just give the alternate history of the term backdoor in popular music. If you go back to rock and roll's roots in the blues, you're going to hear backdoor man used by the likes of Howlin' Wolf to describe the guy that your wife is cheating on you with. Like, he goes, he literally goes in the back door of the house so that the neighbors don't see him walking up to the house to fuck your wife. But, since he's always the guy you let, uh, you let do anal... You 
It's always a guy your wife lets lets do anal to her because if her husband would smell his dick. Shit, my sentence is all fucked up. Basically, the back Let's door. Just explain it to us. The guy who goes in the back door, he's yes. also the only guy your wife will do anal with because yes. in case uh, your husband smells your pussy, he won't smell your his dick on the it. The other guy's the dick. perfect yeah. stranger's yeah. dick. Well, also you don't get pregnant that way. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> A little, uh, little delay there. Is it planned? Yeah, here it comes. Gee, relax. Here it comes. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm, very, I'm very excited. I can make an I adjustment you are. to present, prevent this in future. Anyway, uh, yeah, he puts it on shuffle. <laughs> That'll fix it. Okay, this one's uh, this one's an obvious choice. Uh, relax, Frankie goes to Hollywood. Super controversial when it came out. It was originally released as a single, but was included on the band's 1984 album "Welcome to the Pleasure Dome." Band members and Holly jo- band members Holly Johnson and Paul Rutherford were openly gay, and their music video and the marketing of the song played directly into that fact. There was a promotional ad that went out in Britain that featured Paul Rutherford in a sailor's hat and a leather vest. The ad read, "All the nice boys love sea men. Soap it up, rub it up. Frankie goes to Hollywood. Are coming." Hmm. There's also some stuff about Duran Duran looking shit off their boots, but. Again, I, I included a photo. We'll have Tim Malcolm link to it. It's 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 uh, it's something there. It's erotic, like kind of a Tom of Finland meets uh, another Tom of Finland. Oh, just looks like a fella to me. Yeah. Tank top, sunglasses, little sailor hat. Looks like just like a fella to hang Must- out with. Well groomed mustache. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you got to read the the, the, the looks lyrics. Looks like a leather leather cuff on the uh, right wrist there. Yeah, I don't sure. know what you're talking about. What do the lyrics say, Dave? Uh, well. Relax, don't do it. When you want to suck it, chew it. Uh, Relax, don't do it. When you want to come. You know, I always thought it was relax, don't do it. When you want to suck it, to it. Like, uh, yeah, like Ronan Mountain's laughing. But yeah. that, I did too. Uh-huh. Uh, but then I did some research and they said suck it to me. Not suck it to well, it. Well, reference. I see. He was, yeah, they were changing it. Right. Suck it to me? Yeah. That was that Nixon <laughs> that was, on yeah, Lavish. Cuss and Larry, suck it to me. <laughs> <laughs> you bet your sweet bippy. <laughs> In Meepos, we suck tomatoes at Old Wife. It's just, he was the first Borat. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh. yep. Uh, he was kind of doing a sort of a Yakov smear. Well, he was, too. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, some may argue the song's about holding back your orgasm, but after several years of publicly denying that this was a song of a sexual manner, claiming that it was about motivation finally they just laughed about it and said of course it was about shagging Dave I would like you to next please construct a careful argument convincing me that the Pope is Catholic see that that would be way more difficult than explaining this song is all about playing for the Boston Brown Sox <laughs> God damn it. okay well I don't know as far as I know this song was written for the movie body double by the impeccable Brian De Palma and it is uh, not is about not accepting the invitation when someone invites you to stay at their spaceship house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Listen, nothing good comes of it. No. Sure, yeah. you're super excited, but it's a goddamn spaceship house. But relax, don't do it. Sure, it probably shoots laser beams like most spaceship houses do. But again, nothing good comes of spaceship houses. Nothing, and that sucks. Hey, a fun fact about Body Double. Dave, you're going to love this. Oh, yeah? It's a location fact. <gasps> I love locations. Uh, Body Double includes a chase scene that takes place in the Beverly Hills Plaza where my wife's OBGYN practices. That is not an easy place to film. We certainly, it, it was in the early 80s, maybe it's easier. But So we, we got there through vaginal sex. Hmm. So therefore, relax is about vaginal sex. Save it for the episode about vaginal sex, JD. Okay, <laughs> is, that, is that coming up? Oh, Joe. Yeah. Steve, you want to kick right. us off here? Any, any rock historian worth their salt knows that the original lyrics to Tutti Frutti by Little Richard were... Tutti Frutti, good booty. That's exactly right, Steve. In fact, the original lyrics were so graphic, they aren't acceptable for this podcast. <laughs> so I'll read what them. Are you talking so about? I'll read them now. A wop, bop, a loo bop, a good goddamn. Tutti Frutti, good booty. If it don't fit, don't force it. You can grease it, make it easy. Like I wish there was a recording of that. Yeah, me too. 
Uh, Little Richard was very has a very interesting background. Born in Macon, Georgia, in 1932, same town as uh, uh, James some Brown authors. Uh, some authors. Some authors. Yeah, you're Let right. Let that hang, Dave. Let that Harper, hang. Don't don't try to name them. Harper Lee. <laughs> and uh, who was uh, who was the guy that her wrote Buddy? Cold, Truman cold, Capote. Cold blood. Truman Capote. Yeah, there we go. Uh, he had it rough enough just being black in the uh, 30s and 40s. But then at age 13, his religious parents kicked him out of the house for being a homosexual. They let him back in, but then he left again at 16 because they wouldn't let him sing what they called the devil's music. Mm. And by 16, he was making a living being paid to perform. See, I thought he was bisexual, not homosexual. Hmm. I could be wrong. I, I, at least early in life, he was bisexual. He was also, fun fact, he was also a voyeur and sometimes enjoyed watching more than participating. Well, I read this. Well, it, you know, but to 1940s black Georgian Christian parents, I, I don't think they cared about the, the subtle differences there. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no, it, oh, Richard, you sometimes like to bone a lady and also prefer watching two men have sex? Well, that's a totally different thing, son. Get back in here and watch the ball game. With me, yeah, I think the you lines. You can't watch a ball game in the 1940s. <laughs> you can't if it's not at home. You can't if it's in your backyard. Yeah, it, it was cricket. Yeah, we didn't, we cricket. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't have finely nuanced identities back in the uh, 40s. Yeah, the lines were a little less blurred. Uh, I hate these blurred lines, man. So did uh, Marvin Gaye's family. Little Richard has talked about this song, but there's several different stories. One uh, was that he wrote in a kitchen. He wrote the song in a kitchen where he worked. Makes sense. Because he was working in the dish tank and wanted people to stop bringing him pots that he had to wash. He also claimed that the original lyrics were about back when he used to be into all that. Um, It all depends on uh, what hole you want to go down. But it certainly sounds to me like he's talking about the old Greek hello. I see he goes back and forth about his sexuality too. Hello, and cousin even- Larry. Sorry, go ahead. I think Meepos is a Greek island. Yeah. <laughs> or like an offshoot it's from the area. Own country. Yeah, I'm okay. sneaking. Yeah, I snuck a whole different. I I, I backdoored a genre in here. <laughs> but yeah, he, he he goes back and forth about his musical legacy too. Like depending on how religious a phase he's going through in his life at the time. So of course he's told different stories. But this is definitely about butt sex. All right, come on, watching, guys. Watching butt sex, watching bisexual butt sex. But you know, it's it boils down to butt sex. There's a little, there's other, la- there's other layers of identities on top of it, though. If you ask me. Well, if you ask me, this is about ice cream. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Tutti Frutti was a delicious treat. Yeah. It means all fruits in Italian, and w- was something Little Richard loved. All fruits. <laughs> <laughs> he sure did. <laughs> Stop it. Come on. Talking Get about your mind ice out of the cream. gutter. This song is about enjoying Tutti Fruity with your gal pals and reckless, recklessly starting a food fight. Booty is Italian for throw, so it was originally good throw. But the final version is Ruti, which means burps. So you know, all that horseplay gives you ice cream gas. Mm-hmm. That's I, what this song's about. I agree with this, and I don't know if you guys have ever had Tutti Fruity ice cream, but it's so good that when you eat it, you go, wop, wop, loo, wop, wop, bam, boom. I wouldn't be surprised if Little Richard was eating a bowl of Tutti Frutti in the studio, like how Axl Rose had Axl Rose had sex in the studio with a lady to get an authentic reaction sound. I can't figure out if I always want to get ice cream with you two or never want to get ice cream with you two. Oh, it's a good song. <laughs> this is Sundown, Gordon Lightfoot. Right off the bat, the lyrics kick in. I can see her laying back in her satin dress in a room where you do what you don't confess. I think we all know what he's referring to. But then it takes a turn. Sundown, you better take care. If I find you been creeping round my back stairs. Now, what does that mean? Sounds like he's the one, or she's the one creeping around his back stair. It's very interesting. And that fits with the theory that this song was written about his ex-lover, Kathy Smith, of whom he said in an interview... She was the only woman in my life who hurt, who most hurt me. When you start to put the pieces together, it sounds an awful lot like the loving act of pegging. But you're not uh, supposed to hurt people when you engage in the loving act of pegging. Well, I have, a th- I have a theory. That's why it didn't last. I have a theory. Perhaps he persuaded her to let him run up, run up the down escalator, and it wasn't all he promised. So she promised revenge while he sleeps. Their relationship lost trust at that point. No. Yeah. See, yeah. I... 
I would posit that this is this is about his masculine insecurity and his refusal to get pegged. Like in the second verse, he says, "This woman is looking like a queen in a sailor's dream." Yeah. Which I mean, it's hard to pack much more gay iconography into one line. When you look at that Frankie goes to Hollywood picture online, that's what you're going to see there. And later on, he says, she's a hard-loving woman, got me feeling mean. So he has to overcompensate for his sexual confusion by acting out with aggression, asserting his dominance to prove to himself that he's a real man. That's what I think. Guys, do you think a guy named Gordon Lightfoot might have been homosexual? Casual libel Dave, what do you say? I never really thought about it. I, uh... I always assumed it was a native name, but, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's because he liked... Uh... It's it's pretty close to saying light in the loafers, which is yeah. a euphemism they used to use yeah, maybe he, back uh, in the day. Maybe he was a big fan of the whoops hole. I don't know. <laughs> I mentioned Kathy Smith back there, and there's a real... You sure did. There's a real fun... Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Affirmation Steve. Uh, real fun fact about her. <laughs> She's a Canadian backup singer, groupie, and a drug dealer. She supplied the Stones, LeVon Helm, and the band, and most famously served jail time for, get this, injecting John Belushi with the drugs that killed him. And for the record, it was 11 speedballs. And for a frame of reference, River Phoenix's cause of death was one speedball chased with a Valium. She gave John Belushi 11 fucking speedballs. His name, his name is River. What, what did I say? No, this? River. No, just a, a kid oh. named River can't oh, handle a speedball. I, I assumed I got it wrong. Yeah. I'm River. Give hey, me that speedball. Hey. I'll be fine. Gus Van Zandt, pay attention to me. Gordon Light puts a Canadian singer-songwriter who's credited with helping to create the folk pop sound of the 60s and 70s. Thank you for explaining that. Yeah, I just figured we should get some uh, real info in there. Well, <laughs> some get, music info. I'll get some real info in here. Sock it to me. Okay. Well, this song is about Canada, who is a cold, cruel mistress. Mm-hmm. It's a fact that in Canada, there's eight times more sundowns than sunups, which is why the average temperature is three. Proof is in the last verse. (laughs) Americans don't know this, but in 1974, in order to protect their citizens from fun, they built the first North American border wall made entirely out of denim, which is the national currency of Canada, and collected during Canadian tax season, which is called Tiki Taxi Toomey, and is done (laughs) only when the 13th born Royal Canadian Timberwolf cries Toomey during the 37th sundown. This last happened in 1974, hence the excess denim for the wall. Canadian legend says that you can see the denim wall from space, but they can't confirm it since their space program has been hindered due to Molson-related occurrences. (laughs) But it's all in the song, guys. If you just listen to the lyrics, you can hear all that. I think you've been uh, reading the same book that I get my facts from. (laughs) Six. Did your mom buy you Canadian encyclopedias when you were a kid, too? No, I never had an encyclopedia. Canadian encyclopedias, you never never know, by the way, I spew out facts. You read them from the back to the front, they're sort of like... uh, Like Japanese? Like Japanese. Like how you're not supposed to wipe from the back to the front. Yeah, all that stuff. You're gonna give yourself a bladder infection if you're a lady. Yep. Here's a little treat from Hunter. This is, uh... Yeah! That's what they call it now. Yeah, that's another backdoor (laughs) euphemism. Little treat from Hunter. (laughs) Rita Coolidge's 1971 song, Mud Island. At first glance, seems like a simple song about a woman who misses this dirty river man that that took her to Mud Island. Not the case. First of all, there is a Mud Island in Memphis, but get this. It's not an island. It's a peninsula. Furthermore, from the start of construction in 1957 up until the end of 1970, the southern end of Mud Island was an airport. Rita being born in 1945 would have been 12 when the airport went in, and it was operational up until this song was recorded. This leads me to the conclusion that this song is not about peninsula filled with apartment buildings and upscale homes south of Harbor City. No, sir. This song is about a different Mud Island. The Mud Island that is in the woman in this song I, and it's her butthole. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you ha- I have to agree with this one because this is clearly about chocolate diving. Since everyone knows that the butthole is called Mud Island. Yeah, Every, it's a known fact. In fact, we're all getting close to the age where it's time to start having Mud Island dredged for polyps, mm-hmm. or the often used medical term Mud butt Buddies. Um, not <laughs> confused with hem- with hemorrhoids, which the medical community calls uh, mud bubbles or stink. Eyelets. Or uh, butthole raisins, uh, shit blister, and anal clitoris. Yeah. So gross. So, uh, gist of cricket. 
It's a, it's a oh, a cricket. Just a cricket is a is a bat and ball game played between two teams of eleven players each. One team bats, attempting to score runs, while the other bowls and fields the ball, attempting to restrict the scoring and dismiss the batsman. The objective of the game is for a team to score more runs than its opponent. Seems simple enough. But do you enema first? I still don't get it. Yeah. It's it's a very it's it's a sensitive thing that in, involves a lot of uh, consensual uh, agreement of yeah. everybody to play cricket. Uh, much like the song Brandy, we have a story of a lady that misses someone very special to her. Why does she miss this dirty river man so much? I think it's pretty obvious that this guy touched her joy by showing her regions far beyond her on their very special trip to Mud Island. There's a place where the river hey, let's, bends. Let's yeah. talk about the music. It's this uh, this song has it's got Booker T from Booker T and the MGs on organ. Ooh. It's got uh, Muscle Shoals regular and uh, sometimes songwriter Spooner Oldham on mm-hmm. EPNE. See That's how right. I, uh, I yeah. used your term, Hunter? Yeah, geographically it's got, correct. It's got Rye Cooter on the slide oh, guitar. Oh, I love that guy. Yep, his name last name's Cooter. This is a pretty sultry song too. I think it's, it's yeah. a proto sultry. Salt. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but, yeah, there's, but there's a whole other show of backdoor salt. Yeah, and this is this is the song in the countdown that most sounds like it's about butt sex. Yeah, it's yeah. got it's got a little stank on it, you know, <laughs> like like black velvet. It sounds a lot like black velvet. Yeah, it's yeah. stankier. Yeah. Fun fact about Rita Coolidge: her ex-boyfriend Jim Gordon, who was in Eric Clapton's band. Totally took credit for a piano piano melody that Rita wrote. That melody is the super famous piano part from the song Layla. Rita wrote it. Jim Gordon heard it. Took it to Eric Clapton. Claimed it was his own. Hmm. You have to take him to Mud yeah. Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big time. I feel like the, that this song is our most morning zoo moment every episode. <laughs> yeah, we need well, an old timey t- car horn. Yeah, and when a we fart don't sound. have our sound effects. It definitely is. <laughs> all right, guys, can we take a goddamn break from all the juvenile fourteen-year-old butt sex jokes? Oh, come on, it's not Grow getting old yet. Yeah. Grow the fuck up Dr. a little bit. Conscious is back. And talk about light S and M instead. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. What you, do you want to tell us about this? Uh, you want to tell you us anything? Tell us. This is, what are you this into? is Madonna oh. with Hanky Panky from the incredibly timely 1990 movie adaptation of the comic strip Dick Tracy, starring Warren Beatty and in what must have been her fifth or sixth attempt to become a movie star, Madonna. <laughs> Now, if you all remember, 1989 was the summer of Batman, oh, yeah. which, which was the template for the huge summer movie that exists today, but times they do it times 100 today. Yeah. Um, but Batman was well-marketed, it was fun to watch, and it was hugely successful. Dick Tracy came out the following summer, it was well-marketed, and I was like, yes, we've got Batman of this summer. And I watched it, and it sucked. <laughs> and now no. I don't trust summer movies. That trust lasted one year. I remember being so excited for this movie. There was a McDonald's tie-in. And, and everything, but man, did it suck. And Batman was great when I was a kid, and you got me wondering if it still holds up. And I kind of have a feeling that anything with Robert Wool wouldn't. Hmm. But I want to watch it again. It, and it's Has relevant. anyone seen it recently? No. It, but it's relevant as you bring up Batman because Madonna tried to imitate Prince's Batman soundtrack thing by releasing a music from and inspired by the film kind of quasi soundtrack album. But she didn't do Dick Dance. No, she did not do dick dance or <laughs> or <laughs> what? I don't know. That's a great joke, Hunter. That was a really well-crafted, funny, great joke. Let's let it lie. You don't have yeah. to comment. No, I'm just I'm so proud of Hunter. No, let's just let's just bask in our mediocrity. <laughs> Steve, fun facts? Alright, so the album, Madonna's album was called I'm Breathless, because that was her character's name in the movie, Breathless Mahoney. Uh, all the songs were entirely by her, they were not necessarily used in the movie. Uh, most of them were done in a period-appropriate swing jazz Broadway-type style like this. So the record company made sure they made sure to tack on a modern-day dance song to give it an actual hit single, uh, which was her MTV staple, Vogue. 
uh, which sounds nothing like anything else on this album. I mean, you know, say what you will about Madonna. Uh, she sounds comfortable in every iteration into which she reinvents herself. I'm, but I've never heard her more uncomfortable as here, where she's trying a bold big band jazz swing song. Doesn't work for Madge. No, and, and elsewhere. Her fake English accent works better. Yes. <laughs> uh, and elsewhere on the album, you have Stephen Sondheim writing three songs, uh, including Sooner or Later, I Always Get My Man, which won the Oscar for Best Song. Uh, I remember was, that song. It was nominated in part because Madonna had promised to perform at the Oscars if I, she got nominated. For I think that those. I think that Oscar ceremony was the last time I heard that song. Probably. <laughs> That's true of a lot of the Oscar best song yeah. winners. You ever, anybody ever heard that fucking boring ass song from Lord of the Rings that won like, from the, the third <laughs> no. one? It's fucking terrible. Never even saw it. Anyway. Uh, uh, fun. Oh, fun fact! It beat out John Bon Jovi's "Blaze of Glory" for the Oscar oh, that year. Oh yeah, Young Guns too. Boo! But uh, Madonna reportedly had a great deal of difficulty singing the Sondheim compositions. Stephen Sondheim is a notoriously complex technical composer, uh, and she could not keep up with it. Well, I remember when this album came out, and it was it was a big deal because the movie was supposed to be a big deal. But the movie was so widely panned and hated that I feel like. The album didn't. Nobody gave it a chance because they were so angry that the movie was such a pile of steaming pile of shit. Yeah, and there, there were only two singles off this album. One of them was Vogue, yeah. which, which kind of had already been released. They just kind right. of tacked it on at the end, like so people would buy it. Well, she and then this was the only other single. And she did her Blonde Ambition tour like right after this and played Vogue. It actually had a dude come out dressed as her then boyfriend, uh, who was the director, Warren Beatty, Warren Beatty. Um, and you know did the dick dance. <laughs> Uh, on stage, uh, and it was what uh, audiences call the uh, bathroom song, where time to go get a beer, go to the bathroom. <laughs> Maybe we'll let John Stamos drum for a little bit. Oh, the same function that episode six, the Jethro Tull episode, <laughs> serves at any uh, live yacht rock screening. Exactly. The only one I had nothing to do with. <laughs> it's the best one. Dumbass. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, Hanky Panky is obviously a song about spanking as a sexual practice, and it was apparently inspired by one of Madonna's lines in the film where she says to Dick Tracy, you don't know whether to hit me or kiss me. Oh, those old-timey courtships and their implications of domestic violence, huh? Huh? <laughs> and Madonna, in an interview, said of her character, the spanking thing started because I believed that my character in Dick Tracy liked to get smacked around. And that's why she hung around with people like Al Pacino's character. And she went on to add that she herself did like a good spanking. Uh, and the lyrics of this version have been toned down from the originals due to concerns from the producers of the Dick Tracy film, Disney. Yay. 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 This made the top ten for one week despite radio's reluctance to play it ever. Because <laughs> it sucks balls. And it's a, it sucks balls and it's about S&M, so... You put that together, you're probably not going to get played. So it a whole also lot. smacks balls. Sucks yep. balls and oof. Hey, I like this last fun fact you have here. Oh yeah, I forgot. One last fun fact: the drums on this song are by Jeff Porcaro. Oh, he's good. No, I heard of that guy. We're in Pluggle. Pluggle. We made it. Shit, who did the bumpers? Oh. <laughs> bumpers today were sent in entirely by coincidence by a fella named Two Muffin Rabbit. Oh yeah. Find him on Twitter at Two Muffin Rabbit. He writes, "Hey boys, Two Muffin Rabbit here. <laughs> two JD, Muffin Rabbit here. I want to stop you for a moment uh -huh. because in this description he uses the term whilst, which mm -hmm. leads me to believe his voice is British. Nope. Hey boys, Two Muffin Rabbit here. I stand corrected. Big fan. I sent you bumpers a couple weeks ago, and they were in the wrong format. <laughs> whilst I try to figure that out." And New York good friend Jason K from Filament 38 did some work for you. These are some beatbox stuff from me, and then Jay says the numbers. I think he's drunk. We're going to make a bunch and keep shooting them over. Hopefully they help. Love the show. I'm only halfway through the back catalog. Keep on rocking. Thank you, Two Muffin Rabbit. I like Two Muffin. Mm. I like this Two Muffin Rabbit. I, uh, I got something to plug. I did something. Yeah? Uh, there is a online streaming network called CISO. It's NBC's digital platform. On that show is a uh, on that network is a show called Hidden America with Jonah Ray. 
It's a fantastic show. It's kind of like a Tony Bourdain show, but it's very funny. Comic sketches, jokes. I'm in the Washington, D.C. episode playing a 41-year-old dude who is talking about his old punk rock days and complaining about current music. Don't know how I researched the role, how I got it in my headspace to do that. But go to CISO and watch Hidden America with Jonah Ray, and you can see me talking about a fictitious straight-edge band from Washington, D.C. Did you have lines, or did you improv? Uh, a little bit of both. Did you give any? Did you offer any facts? I did. Did they stay in the cut? They did. All I, right. I got yeah, a pretty good, I've there got you a go. Good that's, that's the fun, plug. Fun story about it. They originally reached out to Ian MacKay from Minor Threat and Fugazi, and he said, I can't be seen making fun of the DC hardcore scene. So then they got Henry Rollins to do it, but there was a scheduling conflict. So they didn't know who they were going to get. So Jonah was just like, hey, fuck it. Just have Dave come in and do it. So I'm third string to those two. Nice. Which is awesome. Do you know Jonah Ray? Yeah, we hang out sometimes. Oh, wow. Oh, I don't know if I ever told you guys. Never did. Huh. Never told us. Yeah, he's the drummer for Karate the Band, you dicks. A drummer. One of the three. Uh, well, a lot I, of them die. I prefer Eric Acosta. They're both excellent drummers. Yes. I like Jonah, too. Who's our patrons, Hunter? All right, we got some patrons here. Oh, these are good. Okay, here we go. Nicknames. Nicknames for our patrons. Uh, this first one is a joke name. Uh, Frog Toadfucker Lantern. Congratulations on your nickname. Yeah, Frog Lantern. Your nickname Frog is... Frog Lantern is the real name? Yeah, Frog Lantern was his name. Toadfucker is his nickname. Okay. I figured Got that, it. That would, be, that would be a good insult for a frog. Yeah, Toadfucker. Uh, then we got Matt the Atomic Nub Nevins. Uh, Jameson Full Fifth Beckwith. Mm. Uh, Dave Pepper Sneeze Friedel. <laughs> I don't get it, but I like it. <laughs> this one's my favorite. Uh, Darren Yuck Yuck Norris. Keep them jokes coming, Darren. We love them. <laughs> Brad, here's my dog, Pettit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Kevin Skeet and Potatoes Starchville. Uh, Toby Adelweiss. <laughs> Is uh, that is that an Edelweiss reference? Yeah. <laughs> He's Edelweiss. You got a little sound of music uh, quip in there. It's nice. Uh, For this episode, you should have called him Edelweiss. Yeah, I could have. You could be Edelweiss. Weiss. I don't know. Whatever. Steve, you write him next time. Anyways, uh, then we got two more: Johnny Computer Glitch Mitchell and Jeremy the Real Rod Strickland. Welcome oh. to the Beyond Yacht Rock family. I can perfectly time that. No, that was, this is number five. Perfectly time that plug hole bed, everyone. Good yeah. job. Wow, look at us. Man, it's like we've done this before. That's the second time you've burped into the mic. No, oh, I was disappointed. Hunter, stop being so juvenile. Let's get back into the countdown. Hey, real quick, two things my daughter does. Mm -hmm. She drinks, anytime she drinks, she fake burps afterwards. <clears throat> She's three. She's great. And then she also comes and puts her butt on you and farts and <laughs>, laughs and says, I fark on you. My my friend Dave's daughter, Sophie, does that, but she's nine. Like, she'll pretend to be all, like, cute and, hey, I want to sit on your lap. And you're like, oh, cool. She sits on your lap and then just rips one and then runs away giggling. <laughs> Kids are cool. Love them. Uh, all right, we've talked about this one before. As Hollywood Steve says, as if Kenny Loggins needs another reason to hate us. Here's the thing. All right. I don't think that Danger Zone can be about butt sex because for butt sex, the highway and the Danger Zone are basically the same place, right? See, I disagree, Steve, because he clearly states that the path, i.e. the highway, is to the Danger Zone or the butthole. I'm starting to think you don't know how to have sex to Kenny Loggins songs. And Steve, if you think the highway is dangerous, which it is, imagine how much more dangerous the danger zone is. Right, but uh, it's like simple geography here. If the highway in question is the Hershey Highway, that comes after you've already passed the danger zone no, uh, of the butthole. No, danger well, zone's the turd. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's if you get too far up in there. Yeah. And Come you, on, guys. And you haven't uh, anally douched beforehand, is what you're saying, Hunter. Wow. I, I had a whole paragraph written, but Hunter really summed it up. Uh, <laughs> oh, I didn't, I, didn't, theory? I didn't read down. Yeah, I I was going to say... I'm just in the moment. No, you are, and it was... 
That's right up there with Dick Dance. Uh, first of all, there's artistic license. The highway doesn't have to be the Hershey Highway or the colon, as you're referring to. It can be the butt crack, a back massage, or even the dinner you buy a young lady prior to attempting the Hershey Kiss. <laughs> Uh, hey, listeners in Pennsylvania, I have a question. Please let me know, is there an actual Hershey Highway there somewhere around the Hershey factory? Also, is Pennsylvania, which translates to Penn's Woods, a butthole reference? Got that to Pennsylvania. There's a lot of buttholes there. Well, Hunter, how is this not about <laughs> butt sex? Okay, well, like most are of... You, sorry, you've already convincingly said that it is, but like, go ahead oh, with your alternate theory. Okay, the, well, the alternate is, well, like most of Kenny's Fair around this time, this song is about male volleyball. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Mm. In particular, it's about the perfect jump serve. Metal under tension is the taut volleyball net. It's begging you to touch it, or it's begging you to touch and go, mm-hmm. which is a fault. And the perfect serve entails putting it just a mud island hair over. <laughs> the red line is typically the service line. Stop laughing. These are serious. The red line is typically the service line, and you want to overload it with forward momentum without touching. And finally, you want to put the ball along the edges. The further, the hotter, the better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we all know what that volleyball scene leads to. Uh, and the line uh, further in, in the tense is me, is you go into the tense mm-hmm. to, uh, to cool off after yeah. a tough... Volleyball match. Yeah, get a rub down. I buy it. Yeah. Here's a real nice one. This song speaks for itself. It starts with the name of the band. The Backstreet Boys. There's intent to that name. Yeah, I feel like I just established that the back door leads to the back street. Yes, indeed. And they're the tough. Song. How many bands were there in the mid-90s? If I'd done any research, I'd say more than five, and I can't think of any of them with a more obvious backdoor suggestion of a name than the Backstreet Boys. So, here are the names of the Backstreet Boys in order of how much their names sound like a backdoor suggestion, from the least to the most suggestive. Brian Luttrell? Eh. Kevin Richardson? Okay. Nick Carter? Now I'm unzipping. AJ McLean and Howie D. Yep. We D in the back door. That's Howie D. That's Howie D. (laughs) And these guys were at the top of the fucking chart. I didn't say the name of the song. It's called I Want It That Way. Oh man, this is a good episode today, guys. (laughs) And these guys were at the top of the chart, so they wanted for nothing. Women were throwing themselves at them. There was nothing they couldn't have. When you're getting that much sex from different ways and different people, you've got to get bored. What are you going to do? You're going to try something new. And what they're singing here is what's new to them. Stirring the peanut butter. That Nutella with a little cracker snack pack, am I right? Yeah, you know what? I did the stirring the peanut butter thing twice. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. He yeah. picked it up on him. Uh, okay, Listen, let me... I got probably more one. about s uh, anyway. Muskegon third base. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I'm not from the area, so I don't yeah. know. You're stuck on third. Yeah. yeah. You gotta do a suicide squeeze to make it home, but <laughs> it's not gonna happen. This is another song that rhymes fire with desire, and I think I asked back in the Desmond Child episode, it might have been. Or Jim Simon. What would, uh, what would songwriters do if fire didn't rhyme with desire? What the uh, fuck would they be writing about? I don't know. Uh, rust my wire? There's a backdoor suggestion. <laughs> Uh, well, Hunter, this isn't this isn't about anal sex. No, is it's it? not. Absolutely not. This song is about a mix, misdiagnosed heart attack. Uh, turns out it was just gas or rooty uh, <laughs> after eating a spicy chili dog, which is both the fire and the desire. Mm-hmm. The main character in this story probably has a pe- peptic ulcer and thus really needs to control his eating habits, but still wants to be able to eat whatever the fuck he wants. I assume this was written by a baby boomer because those narcissistic fucks refuse to listen to their doctors and change their habits and instead demand a goddamn pill to let them do whatever the fuck they want. That way they want. And they also, they refuse to relinquish control of the country and will kill us all because if they're going down, they're going to take everyone down with them. But then I looked it up and it was written by some, and produced by some Swedes born in the early 70s, so they probably just didn't know what any of these words meant. Not just any Swedes, Max fucking Martin. We've talked about him before, but we never remember him. He's, he's got more number ones than anyone that wasn't in the Beatles. It's insane. Uh, we talked about him before, we're not treading on new territory. And, you know, maybe we shouldn't listen to the Backstreet Boys anymore. I think we got better songs coming up.
really digging these bumpers. Two Muffin Rabbit! So this this isn't the first time we've had Melon Camp on the countdown. I believe it's the third. Uh, I think Man Cook. Hunt. Man Cook's been all, all over this podcast. I think he was in I'm Bob Seeger as well. Seeger? Right. JD well, episodes. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, we yachtskied how long twice, so who the hell knows? Uh, so this is uh, Hurts So Good by John Mellencamp. Now, see, I always assumed this song was about S&M. Uh, but according to Wikipedia, it was inspired by acupuncture. <laughs> if acupuncture is a dick in a butt. Acupuncture? Are you fucking kidding me? You're suggesting that a man that sings about slurping down chili dogs behind the Tasty Freeze and mud on the plow? Actually, those are both backdoor references. <laughs> it's, going to, it's going to cop to acupuncture? <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Indiana for a couple years. That shit don't fly. Well, it, supposedly, though, John's grandmother knew how to perform acupuncture. Like, you know, there's hippies in Indiana, too. There's just not as many of them. And then some girl named Tiffany came out of an acupuncture section with John's grandma and said that it hurts so good. And then the man cook thought, hey, that's a great way to describe anal sex. Um, can I just say that that exchange that was written and, and was read sound exactly like one of the scripts you would have written with Jimmy Carter back in the day? <laughs> Acupuncture? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> that shit don't fly. <laughs> well, I do have a style. <laughs> All right, you uh, you mentioned his what granddaughter Tiffany? What was that? Yeah. No, it was his grandmother's acupuncture client. Yeah, that Tiffany certainly checks out as a woman's name that soaked up a few loads in an, on an Indiana dare. <laughs> but I don't buy the acupuncture thing. The song's totally about what Mike Pence secretly calls exit polling mother. <laughs> the Indianapolis Medicare expansion. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, I don't think it's about acupuncture because it's so obviously about S&M. Kind of. That's kind of what it's about. Mo- like most songs made in An- Indiana and about Indiana, this song is about kissing Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bristles of that nose broom are blonde and rigid and swish every pain sensor on your upper lip and cheek like a game-winning half-court shot. In fact, it was after this song that Larry Legend decided to shave his crust duster, which was a mistake because it ended up leaving uh, leaving him with a serious back- lower back injury, just uh, thus shortening his career. Did you guys know that Larry Bird won- was the NBA's greatest shit-talker and once scored thir- 47 points playing left-handed and mustache? All because he was bored with how easy the game was. And he hurt him so good. Yeah, it hurt so good he had to open a restaurant in French Lick. Not a good restaurant. Not is a French Lick when you when you lick a butthole? No, it's the name of oh, a town God, in southern up, Indiana. Steve. Steve, come on. Jeez. Jesus. Save it for Beyond Restaurants, your other podcast. Uh, um, I went there. Next it, week is a taco truck. It's not nearly as good as Don Mattingly's restaurant or whatever Dan Quayle does once his star begins to fade. <laughs> but the intent was there. They had a basketball area where a 12-year-old me could go and shoot baskets. And other than that, I would describe the experience as something I sort of remember. He has a new place now. I'm assuming it's better. And like Mellencamp is remembering what it was like when he was a young boy. And it hurt so good. Hmm. Number two. This guy sound like they had fun hanging out and making these bumpers. Everybody should try give it a try with their bud. Everybody, yeah, go hang out with your friends. Make us some bumpers. Don't be afraid. Relax. Don't do it. Just let your buddy have make a bumper with you. Here's another one from Hunter. Yeah, (laughs) this is my favorite suggestion. (laughs) This, yeah, your favorite backdoor suggestion. (laughs) Who put the bump in the bump 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 by Barry Mann? There is absolutely no way to construe this as anything other than full-on anal sex. Yes. This is the story of a man with no way to reach the heart of his lover, try something new, and it made his baby fall in love with him. Yeah, again, hard to argue with this one. Cynthia Wheel, who we're talking about, had a very famous bump, and Barry was known for ramming ding-dongs in the dip until they boogity shoot. It kind of spells everything out for you. Yeah. This was the end of the 50s, and people were pretty sure they'd figured out sex. It was boring. High school seniors looked like they were in their 40s. <laughs> Many people called it the worst generation. Luckily, Cynthia Wheel came along. We really need to do an episode about her. The amount of great songs she's written is staggering. Yeah, it is. She introduced this new concept and did it in a hit song. Just like the twist or Everybody Walked the Dinosaur, <laughs> there was something new to do, and Cynthia had her finger on the pulse of a nation. Pretty soon, everybody was putting the bump, the bump, the bump, the bump. And the nation entered the 60s. 
Um, I feel like, like this is like his girlfriend got it around, and all the boys were the same. You know, get in the back seat, put it in the front. But this guy, Barry Mann, got the idea to get out in front of the others and put it in the back. And she was like, "This guy's special. We never have to part." No. Yeah, this song, I mean, it's it's right there. This is pretty much an instruction manual for flying the Flint shit piper. But, you know, I think that there are other kinks being hinted at here. Like, for example, who put the shoe in the boogity boogity shoe is clearly a reference to a foot fetish. Mm-hmm. Also, the end of the chorus where he's saying, who was that man? I'd like to shake his hand. He made my baby fall in love with him. Like, wait, what? There's another guy involved? Is this like a, a, a cuckold fantasy coming true? Cucks are hot these days on the internet because of uh, Trump voters. It's, oh. it's the hot new fetish. Oh, cool. <laughs> Something good came out of Trump. Uh, since, uh, since Hunter isn't going to be contrarian on this, I will. I think maybe this song is about a guy who took his date to a concert and she was so impressed with his taste in music, they decided to go steady. JD, that's a fantasy we've all had. Then he put the ram in the <laughs> ram a lam ding dong if you know what I mean. Booty shoop. Oh yeah, they, those guys were having a good time. No. Just like us. I took a... Just a bunch of guys having a good time. I took a cue from JD here and put an over-glorified diva at the number one position. But unlike JD's list, my number one belongs there. Yeah, whatever. Hey, I think hey. your number ones belong at the number two. Hey. See that? That was a... Oh, yeah. Back to our <laughs> records. Uh, this is Vanessa Williams. It's a car first name. <laughs> I got a better name for my genre, too. Auto and Rockin' Fixation. Yeah. It's getting there. Oh, number one. Mm-hmm. And listen to the synth farts in this yeah. song. This song is a jam of jams when it comes to middle-of-the-road 90s ballad hits. And little did we know, it harbored a dark secret. It did indeed. And you've developed an elaborate theory about this, Dave. This is Save the Best for Last by Vanessa Williams. Let's start by talking about the lyrics. She sings about the snow coming down in June. It happens. It's a little different to us in our uptight Western ways, but in other parts of the world, snowfall in June is perfectly natural. Oh, like what you're, you're saying, it happens down south. South Pole, North Pole, wherever you want to do it, pal. Oh, oh, my word. But, yeah, snowfall in June, perfectly natural. Let's address the second line. Sometimes the sun goes round the moon. Well, this doesn't happen. Let me tell you what she's talking about here. Mooning is defined as bearing one's moon or... Showing your butt. It's hilarious. We can all agree. Mm-hmm. But what is the opposite of the moon? It's the sun. Showing one's sun is showing your front genitals, which is also hilarious. As opposed to the back genitals. Yeah. Here's, <laughs> here's the point. Sometimes the sun, front junk, goes around the moon. Back junk. Seems pretty obvious that this is the penis moving around to the butt. And based on the rest of the lyrics, these two have been on and off for a while. This is where they make it for real. And they've saved the best for last. And the sun could also be S-O-N, son, which is what we all call our dicks. Yes, yeah, son. Take a look at my son, girl. <laughs> I've met your son, and he's not a dick. <laughs> uh, okay, furthermore, Vanessa Williams, she's been around for a while. She was crowned Miss America in 1983, but then had to step down because of some penthouse photos of her and another lady. Fun fact, you can't find that issue. It was September 84, because that featured a model that month as the centerfold that was a 16-year-old Tracy Lords. Yeah, back when nobody knew she was underage. Yeah, I, no, I have a whole other theory about that. <laughs> Is it that people didn't know that she was underage? I think she was a, uh, a setup by the... By the uh, Whatever administration was it going after porn? Like, Reagan? what was it? Oh, Jim, the, the yeah, Meese Ed, Commission? Ed Meese? Edwin Meese? Yeah. Um, you think she was a, a mole? I do. I think you was, think she was a plant by the Meese Commission? I do. Wow, this backdoor wow. suggestion yeah. just got intriguing. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Do you think that the, the code word was a Meese niece? We're sending a Meese niece over to a Hustler. A, a Meese piece. Okay. God, I hate Meeses to pieces, man. The fact Setting that... Setting people up for porn charges no, when, like that? When the, uh, when the story broke, they had photos of her like going into uh, like whatever porn place. Like From the beginning, they were able to document everything, and nobody would have been able to do that if they didn't know where hmm. she was going to be and when. It's I could do a whole podcast about it. Well, go on Wade and Willie's. No. I was, I was going to dispute this, but then during my listen I looked down and my, uh, I didn't have any pants, and then it's said with Dave Lyons brand bucket of lube called the Slippery Conga 
So bravo, sir. You know how to pick them, and you know how to market a fine brand of lube. Hand-mixed lube. You can buy Slippery Conga at the BeyondYachtRock.com website. When it comes to shopping for lube, I'd like you to remember these important words. Too much is almost enough. Slippery Conga Lube, available only at BeyondYachtRock.com. I feel like this episode was was covered in slippery conga lube. It was smooth as can be. Yeah, it was not a hard episode to do. No, we it was classless and fun. I think. Yeah. I think old four star review lady is going to give us another four yep. star review. Yeah. We're gonna and get you, our you had to talk me. Into, you had to talk me into this. I wasn't going to do it. Yeah, uh, this has been. We've been sitting on this one for a while. Pun so intended. To speak. Uh, I didn't make the list. Uh, Hunter, why don't you go first? And JD, why don't you cue up the song? Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I was going to. Suggest Flagpole Sit Up by Harvey Danger. Yeah, I thought this was a no brainer. I mean, <laughs> what else could it be? Listen to it. The title seems to fit yeah. pretty well. Well, some may say it doesn't, doesn't. Steve, what do you got? Uh, I was going to say Creedence Clearwater Revival with their hit song about widely dilated sphincters <laughs> looking out my back door. Yep. Uh, also, if you want a real one, uh, Jimi Hendrix's Dolly Dagger is really about pegging. <laughs> oh, do-do-do, looking out my back door. Yep. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I think um, All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey <laughs> would be a good one here. Uh, assuming that you is is her boyfriend's butthole. That song so is... So it's another pegging one, you say. Or Mariah Carey has a dick. Yeah, well... That song is all things to all people. We can agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Rorschach test of music. Uh, what's what? What's our next episode? Well, we're going wild in the fives. In episode oh, sixty-five. Wild in the fives. Wild in the fives. We're going to count down Phil Collins' the studio from ten to one. Oh, it's it's a sequel to the O'Sherry episode. That's right. All we, right. It should be every fifth, ep- every tenth episode we do this, but we're gonna every now and then. Yeah. Studio, I'm excited to listen to the studio ten times. Oh, it's a good song. It's Have you heard it? Multi-layered. Steve, you want to read these? Uh, credits! You don't have to read. Find this week's Backdoor Suggestions playlist by following J.D. Riznar on Spotify. Go to YachtRock.com to buy t-shirts, check out the Yachtsky Scale spreadsheet, read the Captain's Blog, and see show notes by Tim Malcolm. Follow him on Twitter at Timothy Malcolm for fun facts. Send questions via Twitter at YachtRock. Follow J.D. at J.D. Riznar. Follow Hollywood Steve at Hollywood Steve H. Follow Dave at David underscore B underscore Alliance. Follow Hunter at Hunter Stare. Like Yacht Rock on Facebook. Follow Beyond Yacht Rock on Instagram. Rate and review us on iTunes. Your reviews help us pick up heat, so please take the time today to write us a review. Thanks to Two Muffin Rabbit for sending in the bumpers. Additional, uh, th- sorry, themes by Rob Crow and Mark Rivers. Recorded today by Matt Brusso, the Bruce. Bruce! Thanks to Dustin, Jason, Noah, Kristen, and the entire Feral Audio family. Check out other Feral Audio podcasts at feralaudio.com. And a quick shout out. Uh, a lot of you have heard my wife got real sick last month and we're in the middle of fighting it and it's very real, very intense and very scary. And despite this, we're doing relatively well, thanks in no small part to all the well wishes and support we've received from you, fans of the podcast. We're really, really, really moved, touched, floored, humbled, and stronger thanks to finding out how much you all care. So from the Riznars, thank you. And from all of us, thanks, guys. Yes, thank you very much. And if you stuck through the butt sex episode for this fine message... <laughs> Over a flagpole sit up? <laughs> thank you very, very much. It's, we're, we're so right now the plan hopefully circumstances permitting we're going to try and keep doing a main episode every other week about yeah. and then do a, a drop a yacht or yacht on the off yeah. weeks well, as may, long as we can things may pick up things yeah. may, we may be able to do more we'll play it by ear yeah yeah um, we just yeah we don't uh, know. fun fact i just found out my hawaii movie came back uh-huh and i decided i didn't want to do it and then they didn't ask me back. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing was just an elaborate ruse. To get rid of me. I wanted a couple it's weeks It's the same off. way that Jay Maskus kicked Lou Barlow out of Sebado. Yeah, he I, broke up the entire band. I and heard he about it just I, without one yeah, person. I heard about it from my former bandmate. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is... Oh. Why did that start? An ACDC song? Anyway, goodbye, everybody! Bye! Bye! Goodbye! Feral Audio.